My guest expert today is Colette Baron-Reed. Colette is an internationally renowned intuitive counselor educator and number one best-selling author who helps others recognize and connect with their own intuition, potential, and purpose. For the past 23 years in a practice that has been built strictly by word of mouth, Baron Reed, uh, Colette Baron Reed has advised more than 50,000 clients. She has also toured for years as the opening speaker for inspirational publishing giant Hay House, providing insightful and compassionate messages as an intuitive counselor and life strategist in front of more than 150,000 people in 150 cities spanning 29 countries. And that is just the beginning of what she's here uh, to do. And I want to welcome you, Colette. I'm so happy that you're here uh, with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you and your and your audience. Yeah, me too. We are so such in alignment uh, mm-hmm. with what you're doing and what, what we both believe. And before I, I ask you a lot of questions today about what it takes and what is required for someone to play big in their life, play big in their business, tell me, how did you get to do what you're doing today? How, you know, if you had to give me the, 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 the Cliff Notes version of, of your trajectory, what brought you what was the sequences that brought you here? You don't have two hours. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I can tell you this, that um, I think a series of epiphanies, and so each each layer and, and, and path and, and detour that I took uh, really was because I just kept surrendering to whatever my mission was, which was I felt, I felt in the beginning anyway, because I, I, I started working as an intuitive 23 years ago, reluctantly, by the way, because I was pursuing a career in the um, in the arts as a singer-songwriter. So I never really pushed it at all. I just sort of was intellectually curious, I think, and I think maintaining a level of curiosity and refusing to accept anything less. I'm a total nonconformist, and I really believe that a thousand percent. We do create our reality, and it's up to us. We're accountable for taking a look at whatever the, if you will, subconscious programs are, whatever is running the narratives that run that are that are not in alignment with where you want to go. So I've always challenged myself to be bigger, to be, and when I say bigger, I want to make sure that we know what we're talking about because I, I, I've, I came from a family where I had a larger-than-life father, Right, and I I went to private school, and I went to school in Switzerland, and I went to law school, and I and I was a rebel because I wanted to be a, a, in music. I I believed that I followed my passion, and and that meant that playing bigger meant that I had to break the container. So it's always about paradigm busting for me, and label busting. And as soon as I get too confined in one place, and it's scary. It's 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 not an easy thing, um, but you know, as long as I'm, I feel, this is just me personally, right? I see my world and my business as art. I look at it and, and am I passionate about this? Am I, do I feel the flow of it? Is there tension? Because without tension, there's no movement. So some people are so desperate for, for certainty and they want to see their businesses, for example, as, as, as tidy. But it's messy. It's not. It's, and it's a constant evolution and there's constant redoing and you just got to keep going. And reassessing. I think that's probably the most important component of living a big life and reaching for bigger things is the willingness to self-evaluate. I'd love to underline four things that you said for um, our folks who are listening right now. One, 
keep surrendering to your mission at yep. every level. Two, continually break the container that you're in and the labels that you're being called. Three, understand that without tension, there's no movement. So you have to be in a place of discomfort for you mm -hmm. to create, get to that next big level. And four, what I'm hearing from you, Colette, is just continually reassess. Don't yes. rest on your laurels. Yeah, and it's and I think that, you know, part of the the issue that we all have, and I think that we do, I mean, I work very, my work has evolved so much. Most people, when they, like, I was listening to my bio, and I realized, oh, my God, that's so old. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's not your fault. Um, and I am nowhere near the same person that I was a few years ago. I mean, I, I left Hay House a couple of years ago, which was the place that one would think should be where I should be. And, uh, but I had felt very constrained in the niche, that, the, the inspirational niche, and I really wanted to break the container. That held me beautifully, by the way. I've, it was the most extraordinary experience of my life. But it wasn't enough for me to reach the same, you know, I, I, how do I put this? It's like, there's this very safe place um, where there's you're preaching to the choir and you've got people who have an expectation because of your label and the limitations that the label imposes on you, which is like intuitive counselor, they expect me to do readings. And that's fine, that, but I had to evolve past that. So it was very uncomfortable um, because I knew that somehow I, I needed to grow and I couldn't do it there. And it, Tell and me about so, the, the fear that comes up when you yes. know that you have to break your container and you know that without tension there's no movement and yet there's, and there's this piece inside that says, I've got to move, but oh no, all the fear of change comes up and the fear of failure and the fear of success. Tell me what for you has been the thing that's gotten you past the fear. Faith. You know, I, I have a very strong faith, and I, and I, you know, one of the things that I do, actually, it's an exercise that I do that I'll, I, I suggest to everybody. Whenever you're in a position where you don't know what's coming up next, and, uh, and you want to break that container, and, and by the way, too, nobody breaks it by just because, oh, I'm going to break a container. Like, I, because we want to be contained. We want to feel safe. We want to feel that there are boundaries. We want to know that there are limitations, because that's what, human beings need is they they need that sense of certainty and security which is actually at first it becomes this oh great i have a home i belong there's a sense of belonging but then there's this feeling that happens and so i always do a synchronicity timeline it's one of the things i teach my coaches um in my training uh at my school in vision lab so I, I sit down and I look at all the things in my life that I couldn't control or that I couldn't possibly have created because I decided I wanted it. That changed my life. These moments in time when everything aligned and, and an, a unique experience came where I would meet somebody or, or I would, quote, unquote, coincidentally uh, run into someone who then, you know, led me to somewhere else. Like when I first met this girl over the phone who connected me um, to Hay House many years ago when I had no des desire to write a book. I was looking to record an album. All right. So, so you know, these just thinking back, going, how did I meet this person? And my, how I met my husband on the Internet was like my accident. <laughs> like none of these things are accidental. And all these big life changes, every time that I made a leap into a new level of, of, of a bigger life, because my life has been exponentially 
uh, I would say, wider than it would be bigger. You know, my experience is vast and wide. Um, and I've always had a big life. That's, I just don't accept anything less than that. That's the other thing. But when I'm like, oh, but this is comfortable, what will happen next? It's going back over my proof. I have evidence that when I surrender to the gap, when I surrender to the gap, when that, that place of nothingness, that in, in uh, Catherine Ponder, this really interesting um, uh, Unity Church minister wrote a book called The Dynamic Laws of Prayers, and she talks about chemicalization or this period of time where everybody wants to just jump in and make things happen when you really got you have to step back and wait for all the synchronous elements to align in order for this next phase to occur. So just reminding yourself that, wait a sec, when I knew nothing last time and I had surrendered to what I knew I wanted because I, I connected to that energy in advance, boom. You know, if I could just let it go and let it be, it will come in the form that is necessary. And all my job is is to stay intuitively open and curious, period. Yes. And With that childlike wonder of how it's going right. to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you can't have those two feelings simultaneously. Um, fear and faith can't exist. Yeah. You know, they can't coexist. Um, I developed a, a process, obviously, that I teach called the Envision Process. And so, um, you know, for me, I, I developed something that could help me get around my fear because I had real, you know, my mom was a Holocaust survivor. I've got, I've got these weird programs about, you know, financial ruin that actually happened to my family. So whenever I make a change, I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm going to lose everything. And I feel like I have this little tiny bag lady person running my show going, and I'm like, wait a second, who is riding, who's driving my bus? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. And just being compassionate with yourself. But no, but I want to say one more thing. I ride a motorcycle, right? So I'm, I'm a motorcycle enthusiast. I ride a big honking Harley Davidson motorcycle. And you can't move forward from, from a stop unless you play with the clutch and the throttle so that there is tension. And so I know that that period of tension from I'm stopped and stuck and I don't know what to do next is just allowing yourself to push forward and feel the resistance. Know that the resistance is part of it. It's part of growth. And then move forward anyway. Feel and, and try to translate the idea that fear is actually maybe we just use one word for it all the time. Instead, I like to try to imagine myself saying, well, I'm anticipating something, something new. I don't know. It's unknown to me. So it's, it's reframing um, even the word fear. Yeah, even I like that very fear. much. And just even seeing that with a motorcycle, you can't mm -hmm. move forward without that bit of tension. I mean, well, and you know what? You... For people who are not motorcyclists, you can think of a a seed planted in the winter ground that sits there dormant all winter. And when it comes time for spring, this seed has an intelligence in it that pushes against the hard ground. And a very thin little sapling can actually push against that hard winter ground to reach the top of the soil. It cannot do that without its inherent resistance against that which is blocking it. And yet we we people, humanity, when we experience tension, when there is a place of discomfort, our initial reaction is to retreat and to hide under the covers and say, no, no more. And I've seen this so many times, you know, mm -hmm. I've, I've worked with thousands and thousands of clients. I actually had that experience. Um, myself and I expect I'm going to try to do that you know when I left Hay House I was terrified because I loved it I didn't leave because I didn't like it 
Mm-hmm. I did not leave under bad terms. I, I just left because Random House came calling, and I had I signed with WME, and they suggested, you know, hey, you're going to reach a broader population, which is really what I felt my mission was. And I left, I left a place that was so cushy and fantastic and wonderful. I loved all the people. I loved my fellow authors. I loved the president. I loved Louise. There wasn't one thing I could say was wrong. Mm-hmm. But because I was driven to create something larger, what it sounds like is that when you when when people are presented with discomfort and the doubt, worry and fear that come up with uh within a situation of, you know, a potential rocking of the boat, instead mm-hmm. of hiding under the covers and retreating for fear of change, um what I'm hearing you say is embrace the tension and tune into the excitement and the anticipation and grow that so that it becomes bigger than the fear. Is that what I'm hearing? You're hearing two things. One, I admitted to the fact that I put my head in the sand and bawled my eyes out for two weeks first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and I just Which I think is really important for people to hear, Colette, because... Yeah, it wasn't that I came up with some fantastic... Listen, I created the Envision process to help along the way, but it was really not... It didn't, like, fix it automatically. It was like, I really had... I surrendered to the fact that I was going to go under the covers for a minute. And then I then I let myself and I said, You only have so long to go under here. Let yourself experience the fear until you get it through your system. So I it's there's a shamanic tradition where they say they stalk death. They look death in the face. I looked my fear in the face and I let myself and, and I got like a little kid sucking my thumb, <laughs> bawling my and then I had enough. And then it was like, okay, but it wasn't like you've had enough now. It was more like when I got compassionate with for myself, when I got compassionate and I remembered my mission, mm-hmm. that was it. Because you know when you're not doing the right thing. If you're leaving just because you're being rebellious, there's no mission attached to it, then you may as well stay where you are. But I was driven by something greater than my need to be in a cushy surroundings where everybody knew my name because I was a big fish in a spit puddle. You know, so... And a nice one, though, I must say. Like, you know, like, yeah. how about holy water? That might be better. I was a big fish in, in a drop of holy water. <laughs> you know, and yeah. I was a nobody in, outside of that. But my but my mission to serve my way um, and, you know, had to, had to be – the container had to be broken. And so once I surrendered to the fact that I was scared, then I really had to – I prayed, meditated, and it was like – it didn't last very long, but I didn't pretend it wasn't there. And I you think know, that a client get... asked me today, she sent me an email, and she's doing, you know, half a million in her business, and, um, you know, we're stretching her in mindset, in marketing, mm-hmm. in leveraging, in team, in systems, in technology, everything that's required in her face as well to play mm-hmm. a bigger game. We're going to a million this year in her business. And she said, she sent me an email today, and she said, Fabien, what did you do when you first saw that people were trying to copy you? And because, Ooh, I mean, I'm... Big I'm conversation. Really, yeah, big conversation. <laughs> I her back right away and I said, well, in pure honesty, for two days I cried and I was angry and frustrated and rah, rah, rah. And then, and then I journaled for two days and realized, oh, this is a message from the universe. If I am that copyable, then that means I'm not innovating enough. So I see it as a message from the universe that it's time to step into the next big vision and version.
version of myself and play that much bigger. And you and I are right on target together. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because you can get, you, you know, and you can go sue, and 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 and, and sometimes yeah. it's appropriate, you know, just you mm-hmm. know, stop, nip it in the bud. But yeah. when looking at this, is I feel like we often, no, I don't feel, I believe in my heart that we are being guided all day long, mm-hmm. every day, and it is always to shed the skin that no longer fits us and move to the next big level, and in it. Sometimes the, the universe will turn the heat up under you to make you mm-hmm. jump out of the pot and something like that. And, you know, she really got it when I shared that with her. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's, it's not always comfortable, but neither is labor, <laughs> right? Neither is right. labor and delivery, and you can't go under it and you can't go over it. You have to go through it. And, yep. and it's, it's, it's a rite of passage, and it's what separates the men from the boys and the women from the girls. You know, it's interesting that you talked about the copying thing because I, I, you know, my project, my my process is trademarked and now it's patented. And um, so, of course, going through all of that legalities, et cetera, et cetera, make this thing unique. When you know, certainly, I I always give credibility and and I always give a nod to the people who inspired me when I've created something because everything I feel, you know, the original thoughts come from you synthesizing thoughts of other people. That's mm-hmm. you know, so and and I understand what you said too. It's like this little message from the universe that it's time to innovate or time to be restless, you know, moving this forward. And I and I understand that totally because. You know, first of all, the reason people copy you is because you're successful, and second, it's because they don't have an original thought, right? So they yeah. want to take yours. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you are the person that delivers that. So somebody might want to copy my content, like like mine, but they aren't me. And they that's the other thing. So no. I always so, say this. You know, that I've been teaching this closing of the sale process for close to 15 years in the client attraction business school, and there are people who've tried to you know pawn, pawn it off as their own. Um, over the years, and and I say you know they could try, but but there's a reason that you pause for a minimum of three to five seconds after you you deliver the the your different packages at different price points, and they can't explain why. But of course I can because I've closed the sale thousands of times. I've sliced and diced this thing and tested right. it so many times. There's no way that they can they can they can take it and pretend that it's theirs. But they will never be if, if they don't own it spiritually. They don't own it with their experience and mastery. See, I think um, one of the things that I am constantly aware of is that I have a little saying. I Twitter it all the time. I go, "You be you, right? You just you be you," mm-hmm. and that our own innate originality will come out of us if we just allow it to, and that all of us can have you know a unique offering in the world. First of all, we are each of us. You know, we have our own personalities. We have our own delivery. I learned that actually at Hay House when I first got there when the president said to me, he goes, you know, you guys all think you are completely original, but really you're teaching very similar things, but people will be attracted to you because of your personality and your delivery and the way you language Mm -hmm. it. And that was actually really helpful for me um, uh, and took away the whole idea that, oh, my God, what if I have nothing original to say? Now, I am an artist, and so I'm, and I am an artist. I can claim that, and I'm, and I am inspired by many things. But I'm, I believe in always, like you say, innovating. I always believe in what else can I do? I've rewritten my classes. Like, you know, like I, mm-hmm. I'm bored with this. Let's redo it. Let's do something new. Let's let's add to it. Let's let's make it better. Um, and 
I think where we all have to remember is that when we hold on too tightly to something, um, then we aren't allowing the growth from that either. When uh, when you talked about your client from a half a million to a million, you know that's just some zeros you're adding on. Yeah, like yeah People yeah. think it's just such a big deal. It isn't. You know, it's, it's really not. It's it's and and I mean, I, and again, I don't know how your focus is there, but I I know for me, I there's people like you, for example, are out here being able to give the content to people like me to say, okay, here's here's a way to take the offering and create this and this and this. So you have an extraordinary skill set um, that I don't have, right? So at least I don't think. I have no idea. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but um, I know for me that um, when I doubled my income, which I did, I mean, I've tripled it and doubled it and whatever, it was because I went and focused on the quality of my content. Mm-hmm. I really focused on the innovation, the uniqueness, and had help you know, so having the help, like what you talked about, of all the things that you need to do online, et cetera, you know, who do you need to hire to do X, Y, and Z, um, but ultimately the value of your content um, to be able to get to that next level, there has to be something that is an extension of you that you know that is authenticity because eventually yeah. that will die out if it doesn't have it. And, and And I will add to that, you know, one of the things we teach at the Client Attraction Business School is how to – Get more clients to make more money and multiply your business with three things, authenticity, integrity, and love. And oh, very perfect. Few people well, talk I... about. Awesome. That's a, yes. <laughs> I love you. talk about love <laughs> and integrity. But, you know, you just, what you just mentioned is if you really want to be a superstar in, in your life or in your business, you must have massive integrity. And that means, yes. you know, looking at I'm not going to do it, you know, half-baked. I'm going to do it Fully, and I'm going to pretend that I will not get paid until they get results. And how do I have to craft my business, my offerings, my anything, my services or programs so that if they're guaranteed to get results if they apply everything? And that is, that is true integrity. And people can smell integrity a mile away. They can also yes. smell um, people who are disingenuous. And well, you know, you it's funny that you brought that up because you're going to last. You've got to do things with integrity. There's so many of these on the internet now, and you know, I don't want to throw a negative spin on stuff, but if you look on there, there's, there, it's like a carnival. People are shouting from their pretty websites about these uh, super things, superpowers, and all these things that they're going to do for people. It's crazy, and so I think you know, it y- people really need to sort through the wheat from the chaff, right? So, and and if there is, I think if sometimes if it's too heavy duty on the pitching, um, well, you're going to find out if there's any substance on the other end of it. Um, but you realize that there's no quick fix. There's no shortcut. You have worked extremely hard to get to where you got to. Obviously, I mean, your your business school has been in existence for many, many years. Yeah. Right? Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been in yeah, so, client attraction you know, system. And hard work system. got you to where you got to. That's the other thing. And everybody sees you and me, for example. I mean, I've been doing this for 23 years. It took me 20 years to develop the content from uh, of Envision. It was uh, the map had to be written first, 30 workshops. I mean, I've spoken in front of, I don't know, a quarter of a million people now. And, uh, you know, and it took a long time to to build this baby. And um, and then you're going to run into, you know, people who are seeing, I'm going to be super, super successful, and I'm just going to copy what you do. And and 
there's this shortcuts not going to work because if the content isn't developed and if the if there is no original offering it's just eventually going to fizzle out you might make a, a lot of money in the short term but you will not have a legacy yeah you won't let me ask you this mm-hmm. the, you know everyone gets divine guidance especially when they ask and yep. Uh, because that's required. Just in case as you're listening to this, if you feel stuck in your life and uh, you feel like you are not being guided, um, sometimes it just requires you asking because the universe, there is something called free will and you won't necessarily get advice unless you ask. So I just wanted to say that. But let's say that you've asked and yet you feel this thing inside that says, oh, I don't feel like it or oh it's going to be such hard work how have you ever encountered resistance um, well first of all mm-hmm. you can actually I, I have something everybody can learn right now you, the way you can test whether or not you're listening to your ego or whether you're getting guidance like real intuitive guidance <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, intuitive guidance feels like the truth it sits in your body like just is right so it's mm-hmm. like a plunk when you tell yourself the truth, when something is just truth, it just is. Whether it's logical or whether it makes any sense or whether it has any proof of itself or not, truth feels like the truth. Um, the other kind of quote-unquote guidance or wishful thinking or resistance feelings or whatever come from, it'll feel like a lie. You're going to feel it like in your chest. You'll have constriction. You won't have that same sort of wide-open feeling. And so that, when you feel that constriction, it's a different type of tension. I think the ego is going to contract on itself regardless if it's threatened, if its identity is threatened in any way. So I don't feel like it is a way to actually create a little tension. Fine. But if I'm not, oh, this is the wrong information, is a complete detour to remain in the old familiar way. So it's recognizing you can test your body with it. It's like, is this the truth or a lie? And if it's a lie, then you're going, oh, interesting. Because <laughs> so, yep. if it feels like a lie and if it doesn't feel that plunk, comfortable, in my body feeling, you know, it's it's not in alignment with where you're heading. But but the emotional resistance to a change is something that is part of the personality makeup, and each person is different. So as we've individuated in our lives, uh, we're going to have a specific set of and narratives that mm-hmm. will um, you know that will show up for us in a pattern. So once we you know again, I, I teach systems, you teach systems. I don't know how yours are. I have a system to actually allow people to consider what the narrative is so that they know, oh, yeah, here I am again. So um, so you can move around it. You can, you can take, take them, uh, you know, like circumvent that before it becomes a narrative that, that wins because our programs will win if we're not aware of them and if we don't do something to change them. They will win every time. They're stronger. Yes, of course. Yeah. Otherwise, people would be playing a bigger game. It's about being willing to do what others aren't willing to do. Yeah, and you you shared a a personal mantra or something that you um, said often. You said, "You be you," and I be you. Yeah, you (laughs) be you, which is so fantastic. I mean, it really is. For me, Mm -hmm. that is really a lot of the meaning of life. If if you could just Mm -hmm. be yourself and and surrender and uh, uh, to to the most complete truth about you, and be the most complete authentic being that you were brought here to do there nothing nothing would stop you 
And so I love that UBU. What else do you believe to be true about life, or what are some of your personal mantras as we wrap up today's call? One day at a time is uh, another mantra. Uh, one corner at a time. <laughs> my husband, Tell me about that. My husband owned a, an industrial painting contracting company years ago. And so whenever I get a little overwhelmed because I have too many plates spinning, he always says to me, he goes, Colette, you paint the room one corner at a time. <laughs> so, from the corner, not the whole thing, right? So I remind myself it's piecemeal. And easy does it. Mm. You know, easy does it in a day at a time. Just like I only have today. I only have to do what I have to do today. And I can live my life in a 24-hour compartment with still knowing that I have a goal, the greater goal, but I surrender that. That's the other thing is I surrender this to the divine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This this or something better now manifests for me in divine appropriate timing. This is all a surrender. So, you know, the the mantra for me really is is about turning my will and my life over to the care of the universe. And um, when I say that, it's like there's another one, thy will be done through me so that my mission is is co-creative. If it's just yeah. me, yeah, thy will be done it's not through about me. us, right? Uh-uh. One of the things I share is it's it's not about you. It's never been about you. It's never going to be about you. It's about, you know, how you can be of service uh, and become a vessel uh, in mm-hmm. your most authentic way for the greater good of all. I mean, that's how, that's my belief system. Um, but then if we make it too much about us, it becomes ego-driven, and then that's not so much fun. I think the ego is necessary, though, in order to get to give us the unique flair. But I, I think we're given this. You know, I think the ego is only if it's like it's like having just a little bit of it is good. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, to yeah. so that we don't completely you know wash out in the whole. It, it, it's that it's that individualism is not ego when we say, and the ego can be either either used to ease God's order or edge God out. Right. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. whichever one. And again, I'm using the word God only because it works in that phrase. I'm, yeah, I'm a yeah. spiritual person. Yeah, I don't. It's not. The I use it concept. interchangeably as well. Yeah, I'm not talking about ZZ Top God. <laughs> <laughs> so, Colette, you have shared so much with us today. Thank you so very much. I I, um, I, I know that uh, the folks are going to want to listen to this podcast again because lots so many yummy nuggets from the very first. Um, moment uh, that you started sharing your wisdom with us. I know that there's going to be some folks who will want to know exactly how to find you and, and, and learn more about you. Where should they go to do that? Well, the best place for them to go is, is to go to the InVision Lab. So it's InVision, easy to spell, I-N-Vision, V-I-S-I-O-N, theinvisionlab.com. So we explore everything to do with sight, seeing, Vision, insight, intuition, and influence right there. Beautiful. So, guys, it's the InVision with an I, InVisionLab.com. Perfect. And uh, and you can find out more about Colette Baron-Reed and, and, you know, just, just dive right in there. I want to thank you so very much for joining me today. It was just really great to chat with you and start this conversation. And um, And thanks for being here. It was an honor and a pleasure.